Welcome to the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast, where we highlight nonprofit innovators, leaders, and influencers every week that are changing the sector for the better. I'm your host, Delaney Molinex, Executive Director of Nonprofit Hub. If you're not for profit and all for purpose, you're in the right place. You see, we know you're already doing good, but we've designed this podcast to help nonprofit professionals find growth, joy, and connection. So tune in weekly for new episodes to elevate your cause, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. We'd like to thank Neon One for sponsoring today's episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Neon One envisions a world where nonprofits are empowered with the technology and resources to build a community of generosity. Join 6,500 other organizations and accelerate your work with a connected nonprofit platform. Learn more at neonone.com slash nonprofit hub. That's neonone.com slash nonprofit hub. Hello everyone, Delaney here, Executive Director at Nonprofit Hub. This Nonprofit Hub Radio episode is with Heather Yandow. She is the founder of Nonprofit.ist. It's a database of nonprofit consultants and whether you're looking for a consultant right now or you might have to do it in the future, there's always questions that you need to ask before you hire someone. Um, Searching online can be a great starting point, but what else do you need to do um, when you're doing that request for a proposal, when you're meeting someone, how can you trust that they're the best fit for your organization? Stay tuned and learn from the best, Heather Yando. Heather, welcome. So happy to have you. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Well, share more about yourself and um, all of your background and everything that you do. Great. So I'm a full-time nonprofit consultant, have been working in nonprofits for over 20 years and as a consultant for 12 years. And I help organizations with strategy, with leadership, and with a lot of meeting design and facilitation. Um, So I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I work all over the country um, with all kinds of organizations. So that is one hat that I wear. The other hat that I wear is as the founder of Nonprofitist, which is a network of nonprofit consultants. So if you are looking for a consultant or if you're a consultant who's looking for community, uh, you can find that at Nonprofitist. Yeah, I love that there's that aspect of building community between consultants. What um, what was your kind of reasoning for developing that community that, that you found the need for? Yeah. So community is one of the things that I have found is, is kind of a repeating theme over all of my work. Um, so the the seed that eventually germinated into Nonprofitist was actually a monthly gathering of consultants here where I live in, okay. in, the, in the Triangle. Um, and we loved getting together. It was a social time, but also a chance for us to share resources uh, share learnings, uh, share challenges, and just get get great support. So that was really what germinated eventually into Nonprofitist. When Nonprofitist started, it was really mostly a directory. So nonprofits could come, search, find their their um, best fit for a consultant. We launched in the start of 2019. We did some kind of community networking things, and then COVID hit in 2020, and we started having weekly calls. Uh, weekly Zooms, because people, I mean, at, rightly so, were really scared about what this meant for them, what this meant for their business. Um, over time, it morphed into 
How are people thinking about whether or not to apply for uh, PPP loans and what that looks like? So that really, really uh, elevated both the need for community and the power of it inside the network. Yeah. I can't remember if I asked you this before, but what it, what's, the, what's the name nonprofit.ist? Because I've never seen that, um, that ending to a URL before. Yes. So I knew I wanted something when I was first starting that was simple, that would that could be memorable. And frankly, it came down to a couple of things. One, uh, buying domain names is actually really expensive, especially if you want something like nonprofitconsultants.com. Probably somebody else already owns it. And it's yeah, I was gonna say there's already <laughs> so many things we can come up with now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I I saw this dot IST and I thought, well, we have dentists and florists and archaeologists and so maybe we have nonprofitists too people who are uh, uh, specialists in nonprofits so that's where this came from yeah nonprofit.ist okay. very cool i love that um well let's kind of dive into to the topic today so you have all this experience being a nonprofit consultant and have this this large community i mean based on like those all of those combined experiences what are some of like the triggers identifiers or circumstances that indicate that a nonprofit might need to start looking into hiring a consultant you know a projects problems being short staffed what are some of these like indicators that a consultant might be a good fit so i think we we usually see a couple of things there are um some known challenges that people hire consultants for. So in my world, strategic plans, right? You need a strategic plan. You want somebody who can come in and help guide that process. You want to do a board retreat. You want to bring in somebody outside. The things that these projects often have in common are kind of a combination. One, there's a level of expertise that's not embedded in the organization. Mm -hmm. So we need somebody with a different set of skills, a different a, a toolbox to come in and help us think. Um, sometimes that is just because we come from the, 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 the old framing is consultants are people who come from more than 30 miles away and are wearing a jacket, a suit jacket. Like that's the definition of a consultant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we, we have more power than necessarily, even if I'm saying the exact same thing, as your board chair or your executive director, sometimes I just have more power because I'm so true. Person. It's very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, and so sometimes I work with executive directors who know what the board needs to do with the organization, how the organization needs to move, but they really need kind of a partner in crime to help make that happen. Yes. So that to me falls in the level of kind of outside expertise. Yeah. The other uh, triggers sometimes are kind of persistent problems that won't go away in the organization. So you've tried to address this in a bunch of different ways and you just need a different way of attacking it. You need a different way and a different um, strategy, tool set, person to come in and help. And then the third thing I see is where people just don't have the capacity to do the work. Um, so this is where you know you might bring in a grant writer. Technically, the executive director might be able to write grants, but they just don't have the time right. um, to do the research and all the writing. So you just need you need uh, people on your team. And a lot of our consultants now are 
um, using the framing of fractional. So we have kind of fractional HR people. Your organization isn't big enough to hire a whole HR person, but you really need that expertise in an ongoing way. Yeah. So you've got a fractional person. Yeah. You need a doer, right? Like yes. they yes. don't need to be told what to do or how to do it. They just like, need you to do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. What have you learned are things that nonprofit organizations don't confront before hiring a consultant? And what are, what are these things that they need to, that they need to address before doing so? So, um, through my experience with nonprofitists, I've been able to see uh, how nonprofits are are engaging, particularly their, their kind of first messages, first contact with consultants. And a lot of folks um, are sending messages that are uh, very broad. Hi, here's my organization and our mission. We need help with fundraising. Can you help? There's no context. There's there's no budget. There's no timeline. There's there's nothing. It makes it very hard to say. Oh, this is a project that I might actually be interested in doing. Yeah. Uh, so we at nonprofitists are really thinking about how to help nonprofits hire consultants better. How do we help them uh, think through all of those pieces before they contact somebody? So we came up with five questions to answer. Okay. Um, I mean, and the strength there too that I see is like as a consultant, you you have to also be able to say no when you're not the right fit and have yes. a community of others to go to when you're not the right fit to say, you know, like, I really can't do this for you, but I like 100% know who can. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that is, that is one of the things, you know, as I look back over my work, um, referrals from other consultants has been a huge source of work and i want to be able for for the clients that i know and love i want to be able to say it's not me but here's another person who i trust who i know does good work let me introduce you to them Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Spreadsheets and clunky databases take so much time to manage and leave many opportunities on the table for nonprofits. With Neon One, you can take a modern approach to donor engagement and easily stay connected with your constituents. In today's environment, managing donors, members, volunteers, fundraising, and grants should happen in a secure and user-friendly environment. See how Nonprofit One enables nonprofits to leave the spreadsheets and outdated databases behind with a connected nonprofit platform. Visit neonone.com slash nonprofit hub. That's neonone.com slash nonprofit hub. Now let's get back to today's episode. Well, let's jump back in. All right, so let's talk about those five questions that nonprofits need to address. First of all, we identified that one of the problems is how and with what information they confront a consultant. Yes, yes. So these five questions are designed to uh, get you as an organization ready to make the most of your contacts with a consultant. And from the perspective of, of a consultant, the information that we need to know to, as you said, know if this is the right project for us in lots of different ways. So the first is, what's the challenge that you want to tackle? What's the challenge that your organization is facing that's making you call a consultant? So sometimes we uh, see people approach consultants with an answer, a solution to a challenge. 
And what I really encourage you to do is think about how you can describe what's going on in your organization and, and why you think you need to bring someone in rather than moving all the way through that and making some assumptions about what the solution is. Yeah, That's part of what I as a consultant can bring are some good questions to really help diagnose the situation, help think about what the process should be. Yeah. Um, I might bring the Yeah. I think that's important, an important thing to know because as a leader or someone who who believes that they're, you know, very well qualified to do their job, if you're looking for a consultant, there's probably like a level of pride to Mm -hmm. where you don't want your leadership to be threatened. So you don't want to go out to somebody and say, I don't know how to solve this. So I think like initially you want to come out and say, can you help me with this? I know exactly what needs to be done, but also like you're the specialist and I need to like reach out to you about it. (laughs) Um, Like you feel like you need to have an answer with the problem and not just say the problem. And another thing to know about that is it's hard to be completely open about problems. Yes. I think in my experience, like I don't necessarily want to spill all of the dirt to somebody that I'm, I'm really asking them for help. Right. Like that's the whole point. And you have to be open. Like this yes. is therapy, but it's just, it, it kind of like reminds me of therapy where like, if you don't talk to your therapist about the actual problem that's happening and you're not truthful about it, you're really not going to get the help you need. If you're Absolutely. That's a, that's a great analogy. Uh, and I don't expect the first time you call a consultant, you're going to spill your guts about how messed up your board is. Yeah. But if we're doing board development and you're not sharing with me yeah. some of the dynamics that are happening, I'm, we're not going to have a successful project. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is getting just clear, at least with yourself, about what are the challenges. And we'll, we can talk a little bit about how you reach out to consultants, but you don't have to put all of that in an RFP. You don't have to, you know, you can put out a broad RFP or a a call for conversations around board development. But when you and I talk, I'm going to want to know a little bit more about why you think board development is needed. What's the, what's the underlying uh, activities that are causing you to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we covered a, a couple of different things. What are some other, some other questions that you've seen need to be answered? So along with what's the challenge, I would also say, does everyone else involved in the challenge agree that it's a challenge and agree that you need outside help? If you're working on an issue, if you need board development, to get back to that example, does your board chair agree that there needs to be some board development? Yeah. Do they agree that it's a priority for you to spend limited resources to bring in outside help? If I show up to the first board meeting and the board chair is unhappy that I'm there and the board doesn't know or isn't bought into the fact that you need an outside person, we are not going to be successful, most likely. Yes. That to me is kind of getting your team uh, on the same page and making sure that they are also ready to engage in this work. Yeah. Kind of a personal question that I'm curious about. Have you ever had a situation where you you got hired by an organization and then you really just didn't click with someone that you were working with and you had to kind of like step back and say, you know, maybe this isn't going to be a productive relationship. Can we, can we find someone else or. I have certainly not clicked with particular people uh, that I've worked with. Yeah. Um, I, it has never gotten so bad that I have needed to step back. Mm -hmm. 
um, often, you know, thinking about a recent experience, there was somebody who we just kind of butted heads with. And I had to decide as a consultant, um, do I want to keep struggling, power struggling with this person? Um, where are the places where I really need to make sure that my voice is heard? And where are the places where I can just let that person, you know, have their way? Yeah. Um, especially, you know, in this case, it was a board member, a volunteer board member who's giving their time for this project. I have, uh, have a lot of respect for what that person is doing. Um, and so trying to kind of balance uh, all of that. Yeah, of course. It reminds me, I just finished yesterday an audiobook. Um, the subtle art of not giving mm-hmm. a word that I won't say out loud, but um, it just kind of reminds me of that, you know, you got to kind of pick and choose. <laughs> Absolutely. Caring, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that earlier you kind of brought up the topic of fractional staffing. Um, and I think that the word consultant can be used in a lot of different situations and it doesn't always mean the same thing. And I feel like that definition has really expanded, especially recently. Um, you know, I've been seeing a lot of conversations I've personally had them with a lot of people about, you know, the need for talent, the need for experienced leadership. And I don't know if you've heard of Tim Lockie's human stack methodology. No. Um, he's developing a methodology where, um, you need to pair the human stack with the tech stack Mm. and they both need to be confronted kind of at the same time before an organization takes on technology. And ultimately technology providers never need to forget the humans that these technologies Mm -hmm. made to support. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the consultants who are more like doers? Like I said, like the executors, the doers, you know, these fractional staffers. I mean, like you said, you've seen this be successful. Is it being used more often? I think it is. I am seeing um, more organizations get clear about how they can get help without hiring whole full-time staff. And I think part of this is the world around us and kind of the rise of the gig economy and understanding that you can hire people um, who are not within the nonprofit organizational structure, but can still help. So whether, I mean, I think for a long time, we in nonprofits, I've seen us hire web designers or graphic artists, you know, very specific um, skill sets that are outside of our expertise. But I do think we're getting more and more uh, comfortable with hiring that fractional fundraiser or accountant or um, lawyer. Yeah. In my experience, like the the terms fractional CEO and fractional CFO are really familiar. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what about fractional HR, fractional technology specialist, or like all of these other things that are really depleting to like the energy of nonprofit professionals like let's maybe consider like fractional staffing for those positions absolutely absolutely the other thing that i'm seeing a rise in related to this is interim executive directors yeah um so when an executive director is making a transition whether it is planned in advance or sudden um organizations becoming more comfortable with hiring somebody who can really help the organization whether that transition and do it well yeah yeah you know nonprofitist is a really awesome tool to find trusted consultants um and experts to help with you know the next big project that a nonprofit is is tackling what are some other things that nonprofits should really do before hiring a nonprofit so i think like 
my two recommendations, and I haven't been an executive for, executive director for very long, but this experience stems with anytime you're you're hiring anyone, paying anyone for any type of work. I think like my rule of thumb is always get three options. Always look into at mm-hmm. least three. We know you're busy, um, but don't just find one and like sign them, right? Like yeah. talk to at least three people, compare their proposals, ask questions. You'll learn a lot in that process because every single one will tell you something different or at least have like a different light items for their services. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, wait, what about this one? Like they didn't charge me for that. Or are you going to charge me for that? Or like, is this included? Um, Those, all those questions can come from having like three different options. And then secondly, get references, Mm -hmm. ask them for references from their previous clients. Yeah, absolutely. Those are two great tips. Um, I think about when looking for a consultant and choosing who to hire, there's kind of knowing yourself and knowing the consultant. So I think getting multiple proposals and checking references are both great for knowing the consultant. Um, The the caveat that I will put there is that a lot of organizations assume that they need a consultant who has expertise in their particular issue area. So if an environmental nonprofit or a kid-serving nonprofit they really, and they want board development, there's an assumption for sometimes that they need somebody who has done board development for environmental nonprofits. And I think oftentimes we don't need to be that specific. So that's, that's the caveat there. Like board development, I've I've worked with a lot of boards, pretty similar. You know, if you're doing, if, if it is something, you know, you're getting accreditation for a land trust, like that's a very specific thing. You need somebody who has that exact expertise, but a lot of times consultants can help a wide variety. The know thyself, knowing your own organization, though, is, a, is something that I think a lot of folks don't neglect to think about. Um, so what is your style of working? What are your assumptions and expectations about what a consultant will bring? How much time and energy and attention do you have for this process? Um, are you expecting the consultant to come in and have a couple of conversations and disappear and come back with the answer? That's probably not going to happen. So doing a little bit of that self-reflection, I'll just share as an example, my um, business partner and I, Meredith, we uh, have very creative, flexible processes. So we'll put together a great proposal for you, but um, we'll get two months into it and things might shift because we're learning and you're changing. So if we get an RFP that is 12 pages long and wants a detailed budget and hours for every single piece, they're probably not a good fit culturally for us. They're yeah. probably, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. We are not that regimented. We're not that structured. We are not that um, detailed in, mm-hmm. in the way that we think about doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one example of kind of knowing yourself and how that can influence. Yeah. I, I'm all about like, being aware of like your own culture and your own values and all that kind of a thing. And I think having someone who has that same ideal working environment is is extremely important Mm -hmm. because you guys are going to have to meet each other right yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we always try to include a segment at the end of every episode called good news for nonprofits what is one bit of good news for the nonprofit sector you can share with everyone today so one thing that i have been seeing more and more and it's really good news to me is um I'm seeing a lot of organizations who are kind of coming out of the fog of COVID and are really thinking differently about their strategies. 
who are really wanting to dive in and think about what have we learned? What's changed in the world? How can we react to it? Um, and that's good news to me because one, it says that we're, we're kind of into the new beginnings stage of this transition and really we've got some energy uh, for those conversations and those conversations will create energy and create more enthusiasm and commitment to the work of organizations. So I, I'm definitely seeing a lot more of that popping up and that makes me really happy. Yeah, I definitely feel more energy as well. Um, I have to echo that sentiment, which is exciting. Um, well, thank you so much for being here, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. We will talk to all of you listeners later. Tune in next week for the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast episode. For more resources on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out the number one nonprofit toolbox at nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast.